Today, I have a special guest, and we are going to be talking about personal empowerment through body movement. Welcome to the Fit Body Fit Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Uja Wajet, and this podcast is about exploring self-awareness and personal transformation through the lens of proactive wellness, spirituality, intuitive health, and mysticism. I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell me who you are, what you do, and who you serve. Sure. I am Malik Turley, and I am the founder and executive director of Hip Circle Empowerment Center. And our mission is through dance, fitness, and community, we empower all women and girls to believe they are strong, beautiful, and worthy of attention. So what that means in real life is we bring women together in community. So there's that piece to move their bodies through dance or fitness and do so in a way that celebrates who they are right then and um, uncovers for them the strength that they have. So we're not, we're not creating that strength. We are showing them how strong they already are. Um, and we are physically located in Evanston, right on the border of Evanston and Rogers Park. Though now with our uh, pandemic times, we are all virtual. So it doesn't matter where you are, you can come and take classes with us. <laughs> and uh, we've been doing this work for 11 years and we've been a nonprofit for uh, four. Yeah. That is amazing. I am so excited to be talking to you today because as you know, I'm a personal trainer and a wellness coach. And so body movement has been something that's been a part of my life for a long time. And throughout my own journey, I have found, you know, before the certifications and all this other stuff, you know, just finding ways to move my body, to connect with my body through, um, through physical movement, through strength training, through yoga, and um, really that has been my journey has is finding finding out or it's actually more of a, re, a remembering like oh wait a minute all this stuff like i became so much more confident like that's what really was transformative in my own personal journey of just finding this confidence that i didn't realize that i had because i felt so connected to my body and i feel like especially in the fitness and wellness industry everything can seem, can, can feel so like vanity based. And it's so much more than that. Like people are looking for like these vanity metrics of like what they want to look physically, but really it's about the inner work. And I feel that is what personal empowerment, what, what personal empowerment is about. And I would love to know how you divine, how you define personal empowerment and what your journey has been. I, I love hearing that. I definitely feel that empowerment comes from inside. It's not something that anyone can hand you. Uh, so even though it's in our name, right? Hip Circle Empowerment Center, we don't, we don't give out empowerment cookies or anything. It's not like, it's not like that. It's something that you have to feel. And I think right now, women especially, and that's my focus area. I don't spend a whole lot of time uh, thinking about men, I, I, I am married to one, I've created one, but I, but my focus is on, is on women. Um, we are, we're really disconnected from
from ourselves. And I think some of that is because of the vanity metrics that we are um, conditioned to care about. And some of that is the other patriarchal societal um, uh, influences that ask us or, or make it clear that we are supposed to want to be as small as possible and take up as least the least amount of space possible and be the least amount of trouble. Um, and so for me, empowerment means realizing that I am allowed to take up whatever amount of space I want to take up in whatever setting. Um, that could be physical space, that could be emotional space, that could be intellectual space, that I don't have to make myself smaller in any category, um, that I have value, I have intrinsic value just by being that that isn't related to anything. It's not related to what my profession is. It's not related to what my family structure is. It's not related to what my physical container is. I have value, period. Um, so that that's to me, to me, that's what empowerment means, that we know that we have that value. We know that we um, are designed to take up space and then doing that. Right? like living that value and using that space that we take up. But the first step really is recognizing that, that those things are, are real, that we get to do those things. Um, so. Absolutely. And I feel like I, I have not been to your physical location yet. For those of you that don't know, I am located in Chicago and Evanston is right next to Chicago. So, uh, so it's a very local, um, um, location, but I haven't been there yet. I will be, uh, whenever this whole thing, whatever's going on with that. But, um, one of the things you mentioned, you know, like with personal empowerment, it is this internal thing, but I love that you, you create the space, you create this environment for, for women, for girls to feel safe enough to explore that. And I don't think we have enough of that. I know we don't have enough of that. We absolutely don't. We don't at all. And and it's it is partly feeling safe enough. Uh, part of it also is being challenged to do it though. That part, right? Because um, it's so it's so ingrained. All of those messages are so ingrained that um, a woman will come to class and she'll say things that that have been put into her from mainstream, from society, and not even realize that she's uh, like caught in that diet culture, caught in that patriarchy until whatever she's just said is challenged. So yes, it's a safe space for exploration. We do, we do push, you know, if you come to class and you say, Oh, I, I, I can't do that. We're going we're gonna to challenge you and say, mm, we don't actually use that word here. What is it that you want or need to be able to do that thing? Yes. Oh, well, I need, you know, I need a prop or I need support or I need whatever. Okay, well, now we have something we can work with, right? But even just that, even just minimizing what your capabilities are is buying into that message. That is so true. That is so, so true. Yeah. So it's safe with with a with a with a 
a dash of challenge in there. Yes. Yeah, so like, I feel like, I know I've been in, in situations where being challenged and, and, and I do this as well with, with my clients and people that I work with, like having that resistance is, is essential, right? Because then it's, you know, cause if you, if you're not being challenged, sometimes you don't even realize that it's, it's a thing. And because of the societal conditioning from birth, literally in so many ways, um, it just seems normal. And I've been in situations where these things have been normalized for how we're supposed to view ourselves and our bodies. And it's, and sometimes the challenge, even in my own personal experience has been like, why are you, why are you using this language? Why are you doubting yourself or feeling like you are weak or feeling like you are less than, or that you can't do something? Um, and it's really about reframing, reframing the language, reframing the conversation, reframing, reframing the, I can't to, well, what can you do? And what do you need, like what's triggering that, that idea of can't, this yes. is the most I've said that word in years, but what, what's triggering that idea <laughs> and, and what does it take? What would it take? To, to make whatever the thing is true. Um, we, we are so, as a culture, and this is, this is everybody, we're so afraid of failure that we will choose not to even attempt it if we don't think we can succeed, right? So we don't even, it, it's like we're three steps behind. We're not even considering what it would take to do X, Y, Z because we're not sure we can do it. So it's safer to just, say, oh, I, I, I can't do burpees. Yes. And on the other end, change it. Like, can we, can we break it down? Can we do one part of it? And then once you see, you can do one part of it, maybe you can do two and three and four. And then before you know it, you're doing the burpee and teaching somebody else how to do it or being that person to go, you know, I felt like that too, but this is the steps. These are the steps that I took to, to meet that goal? Or do you not want to do the burpee, which is also okay, but own that choice that I'm choosing not to do. No, I will not do the burpee. Yeah. What else can I do right now? Cause I will not do that <laughs> different than I, than I, than I can't do it. Right. That's very different. And so. you don't have to do a burpee to feel strong or to feel accomplished. I personally hate burpees. <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's one of those things where they're having going back to the empowerment thing of using the right languages and saying well what do you choose to experience what what is the thing that allows you to feel that sense of just owning who you are and and having that confidence and having that strength and just knowing that knowing who you are in that moment and, and what, what, knowing what you're capable of and, and also having a choice of what you want to engage in. And it goes back into, you know, using your voice. And I feel like along with body movement, kind of being stifled and and being hidden, sometimes it's speaking, using your voice. And and that's another aspect of, of personal empowerment as well. Mm -hmm. We, everything we do at Hip Circle is subtle, 
and it's built into a burpee or it's built into, uh, you know, learning how to shinny in belly dance, or it's built into getting into warrior three in a, in a yoga class. Um, you know, we don't have like empowerment classes, right. But, um, it's all designed around creating that space where where you can you can challenge and be challenged by those ideas those ingrained ideas and um you know we have a saying that i made up early on in in hip circle that you are the mistress of your own mat right and so i say that at the beginning of class and and uh and remind folks in the middle and where it came from was the idea that you know if you and i do um do warrior three. I'll use that again as an example. It's going to look different, right? You and I are different people. You and I have different um, experiences with that, that pose. Um, And you and I had a different day, right? Like I had one of those blissful days where everything went right. And you had a day where you were bumping up against stuff, like everything you did, there was a a, a barrier and we both get to class. We're not going to do the same warrior three. Right. And the person next to you who maybe um, is recovering from a stroke isn't going to have the same warrior three. Right. So it doesn't there's so many reasons why that pose would be different. But we are each the mistress of our own mat. So we're going to do it our way and what based on what we need that time. That is that is an idea born in the physical. Right. Born in being in your body and focusing your attention on yourself and not worrying about others it carries over into you're the mistress of your own mat if you're in a meeting and someone challenges your idea you you get to use that voice you get to push back or you get to point out that that idea that 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 gentleman over there had was the same thing that you said half an hour ago that nobody listened to because it came out of a woman's mouth or it came out of a brown woman's mouth or what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that we are in control, we are in charge of our map. And maybe that's the only rectangle we get to control, but we're totally in control of that um, and practicing that. So if you if you can make your own choice when you're doing Warrior Three, you can make your own choice sitting at that board meeting table and you can make your own choice you know, at the hair salon, when your hairdresser's like, you should do this. And you're like, nope, <laughs> I want my hair to look like that. And so this is what we're going to do. But just that, that practice, the practice of exercising that choice and exercising that voice in the safety of um, a dedicated space, like our, our hip circle, or the safety of the tiny space of your mat, or whatever your like space in class gives you the practice that you need and the confidence to go and do that out in the world. I think that's such an important key thing about the benefits of body movement and how when you find this, when you access this thing, when you remember that you have this, how it can positively influence every other aspect of your life because it's within you. It's and it's not this thing that is only limited to this one hour 
block of time or this 30 minute block of time or, or whatever you're engaging in, in body movement that it can carry and exude throughout your life and, and your day. And, um, and sometimes, you know, some of the things that you were sharing, you, you know, about like being able to use that voice in the boardroom and these other places, um, sometimes there is this, this fear or this apprehension of like, oh, what are these people going to think of me if I use my voice? And when you start to, at least from my experience, the more confident I became, the more I didn't care about other people, what other people thought about me. I just didn't care. It's like, like, okay, like, that's great. If, if you want to think of me in this way, that's perfectly fine, whatever. I'm still going to say what I have to say, because I don't, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afa- afraid to be seen in any other, in, in any way, like you have your perception of me, but because I have this confidence, I have a better understanding of who I am and I'm just unbothered. I don't know. That's been my experience. What has, what's been your experience with that? Um, definitely, definitely that, uh, you know, switching over to being more focused on, um, my intention in the moment or my, uh, my goal rather than on other people's experience of me, that that's part of it. Another part of it is going back to the community aspect of what we're doing. You are, you know, you're on, you're on your mat, you're the mistress of your own mat, but you, you do or say or whatever. And the, there's other people in the room. There's other people in the class who are reacting to you who are experiencing you and you are experiencing them experiencing you. So you get to practice and say, I have this feeling. And then the person next to you goes, really interesting. And you're like, wait, the world didn't stop. Even though I brought forth this feeling, this idea, this whatever, everything's still okay. Huh? That's probably what happens out in the world, but I'm not noticing it. So so there's that practice piece Um, in terms of the body part, the, the, the embodiment, um, getting into our bodies in a fitness class or again, a dance or movement, whatever, um, gives us that, that physical experience that we do carry with us, right? We know, um, science knows that we hold trauma in the body. Like physically we hold it in our body. We know that it, we hold stress in our body physically, um, there's no reason to think that we don't also hold the good stuff in our body, right? So if we yeah. are moving our body, which is going to shake loose some of that stress and some of that trauma and all, all that stuff, and are having positive messaging and positive experiences happening at the same time, we get to carry those with us too, which is going to change how we sit in that meeting, which is going to change how we stand um, in line, you know, and, and our posture, our presence has an impact on how the world interacts with us. Right. So if I, if I have the experience of sitting up tall in, um, Dandasana, right. If you're seated with your legs out and you're sitting up nice and tall and you're totally open through your shoulders and you're having a conversation with the classmates, um, about deep and meaningful things or about, you know, whatever happened to you in the day. And, and that's fine. Everything goes fine. Then when you go home and you're going to talk to your mate about something, you're going to be more able to stay open and have that conversation here rather than here. 
Yes. Right. So we need we need that experience physically in our body, I think, in order to carry that out into the world. And then the other side of it is we do hold stuff in our body. So if we're moving in a space where we can let our feelings out and we can um, have our words received, our ideas heard, um, that can help us process some of that other stuff that we're carrying around in our bodies. So that's been my experience. I did not grow up moving at all, um, uh, quite the opposite. And it really wasn't until I was in my 30s when I started moving my body um, in, in, a, in a way that was pleasant, <laughs> right? So like, I definitely had in my 20s the, oh, I have to go work out because I have to lose weight or I have to do whatever. I had that kind of movement, which shockingly did not fuel me very much, did not did not make me feel good, right? Exactly. Um, but I stumbled into a belly dance class uh, in my early 30s, and that was the first time, the first place I had moved my body and had it be good, had, had every movement that I made be seen as a positive um, instead of something that I had to like mask or change or, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, viewed. It wasn't an experience of I'm coming to class to change my body. It was, I'm coming to class to move my body. And that was huge. And I felt so good in my skin for the first time ever, (laughs) literally ever. I was uh, 31, yeah, 31 when I went to my first belly dance class, and it was completely transformative. And and so that was the beginning of my realization that there was this connection between how we, the environment in which we are moving our body, as well as the ways in which we're moving our body. But like that class was this really idyllic thing, you know, it was a community class. It was just, you know, storefront, nothing fancy. Um, The teacher was wonderful. The students were wonderful and everybody was there for the same reason to just, to just move their body, just to enjoy. There was no competition. There was no, none of that. And I, I, I seriously, that is why I do what I do now. If I hadn't, I don't know what would have happened if I hadn't found that class um, back in whatever year that would have been 2002. I'm so glad you shared that because me being in the fitness industry, there is a lot of money is made on that, that mindset of, Oh, I have to, you know, do like this and I I have to go, go, go. And it has to be hard and it has to be, I, I have to not like it. And it, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it's really about finding whatever, way makes you feel good in your skin and in your body and that you actually enjoy. And this is something that I have been talking about for years now, because I was seeing like this disconnect and and hearing that same language of, oh, well, I have to go work out because I have to lose weight and I have to do this. It's like, but are you, it's not going to be sustainable if you don't enjoy what you're doing. Anything that you're doing that you're wanting, if you're you're trying to find a way to to find joy, to improve whatever way, like you can have specific goals and that's fine. But it doesn't have to be this torturous like 
thing or you don't have to use this as a way to um, like feel like, oh, like this is something that I actually hate doing. Like don't, if, if it's something that like everything in your body is like completely resisting and it just does not make you feel good and you don't feel like there's a difference with being challenged. Right. Right. And um, working through certain levels of resistance and, and or trying something new and, and, and seeing if it works for you versus every time you go to this thing, like you're just dreading it or you're using this as a form of punishment, which I've, I've seen that as well. And, you know, I'm like on this mission to change to ta- change the language around diet culture and around fitness culture and just really um, especially for women, because I see it the most with women and I primarily work with women as well. And it's like you, if, if you want to, if, if you want to reach a specific result, or if you just want to find joy again, you just want to find a sense of freedom and movement and just have this connection. And I feel like that's, what's most important, having a connection with your body, because like you mentioned earlier, like things are stored in your body. I'm very much a believer in that I do energy work for people. And so I know where these things, these things get held in and you don't have to do Reiki to release energy that's stored in your body. You can move your body in a certain way. And it's just a finding a way that works for you. And sometimes whether it's a belly dancing class or if it's doing, um, if it's doing weight training, whatever the spectrum is, if it's just walking, right? It doesn't matter. I think the, the key point, the foundation is finding something that allows you to feel good in your body and that allow you just like, man, my, like I really enjoy this. Or maybe you don't know how, maybe you just feel so different and you don't know how to articulate it yet. But it's like, this, like, this doesn't suck. This right. does not suck. Like maybe that's, maybe that's where you're at. Like, so we got to start there. This yeah. doesn't suck. That's a good, a good deal. Yeah. I think also part of the challenge is that so many of the goals that people have, uh, again, uh, focusing on women, are coming from that base of um, diet culture, patriarchy, yeah, um, and ultimately racism. Right? Yeah, and we wonder why the they don't fit real well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well, that's, that'd be the equivalent of choose, like having a goal set for you to hurt yourself because that I mean that is what the what most of those goals turn into ultimately it does self-harming right like and and I I know that sounds extreme but if we really boil down to where that goal whatever that goal is where it came from right it it if it's not a functional thing if it's not that there's uh, uh like I had my my favorite personal training client ever um, was a woman who um, her child, her adult child uh, was expecting their first kid. And she wanted to be able to carry and hold her grandbaby. And she had some health issues that could have posed a huge uh, barrier to that. So that was, that was, what her goal was. I want to be able to hold my grandchild. And we had the time, like babies only take so long to grow. Right. So we were on a fairly limited time frame because yeah. <laughs> you know, baby was going to come out and need to be held. Um, but that was, that was her motivation. 
that was why she came to training, not because she wanted to fit into a size whatever pair of pants, not because she um, needed the scale to say a certain number. It was a, a, a functional goal. I want to be able to walk up six flights of stairs so that I can live in any apartment. Okay, let's work on that. Yes. Um, you know, those goals are not steeped in being told to make yourself small or being told that you are not worthy as, as you are. And those goals, generally speaking, are pretty easy to, to meet because the motivation is, 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 um, genuine. It's a genuine mm-hmm. motivation. Um, whereas the, the size and shape goals that most people come to a fitness professional in search of are not inherent to them. They're not, they're not coming really from them. They're coming from these outside messages um, that are harmful. So I feel like I just went on a tangent with that, but I. <laughs> well, no, there, there was a good point there because these are the things that I, that I have noticed that, and working with clients that have had these very specific goals of, you know, I want to fit into this or I want my body to look this way. Right. I have gotten clients to that point and they're not happy. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the things for me where th- they would say. Like, I thought I would feel different. I thought that I. I thought I would feel different. I thought that I would like myself more. I thought that I would be able to do certain things and, and, and I don't, I don't have that feeling that I thought. And so what I have learned, this was one of my, you know, one of my big aha moments of where I started bringing together this, this mind, body, spirit connection and and why I started to change how I, how I coach and how I train. Cause I kept hearing the same thing. It's like, because they are, people will expect, they, they think, okay, if, if I, if this is my goal and, and I want to get to this, like you can have that goal, but why do you want to get there? What are you, cause really what, what I have learned from my experience, it has been most people are in search of a feeling they're trying to get this result because they're wanting a feeling. They're wanting an experience. They want their partner to be more attracted to them. They want to um, feel better about themselves. They want to love themselves. They, they, or they feel like they will feel more confident than themselves. And it's like, you have to start first loving who you are right now and forgiving yourself for whatever whatever you feel has gotten you to a point where you don't like yourself or love yourself or whatever it is that you have resistance towards with yourself. Like you have to understand that part first and then get clear on what is it that you are really wanting to feel or experience? Because I've seen too many times and I was just like, this, this, something's missing here. It's like, you're trying to get to, you're trying to tap into the, get to the physical result, but the emotional part is not catching up. Because you're ignoring, you're like ignoring all the other stuff, and I've seen that way too many times. I think the 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 other piece of that is that the reason that they feel like 
when they get to that number on the scale or they get to that size of clothing, that things will be better is because that's the messaging that they're getting from society. Absolutely. That is, that, that is what we're being sold. We're being sold that this is what a happy person looks like. See this person who has these statistics they have everything. They have a doting mate and they have the best job ever and they have all of the friends they can stand and see that person over there who doesn't look like that. It's because they're bad. If they yeah. were good like this, they'd have all that stuff too. So all you have to do to get from being bad to being awesome is get these statistics. And that is a huge lie. Right? It really is. And there we're starting to see folks who are who are publicly uh, and they're publicly saying it and being listened to because it's it, people have been saying it forever, but it's the listening that is is lacking. Um, we're starting to see different messages come out, you know. Um, so we're getting there. but it until until we give, and again, I'm going to focus on women until we give women, the space and experience to uh, feel that ease, that self-ease and self-worth and uh, whatnot, until we can have them get a glimmer of that feeling in the bodies they're in right now, it doesn't almost matter what the, if the, the external messages shift because it's so ingrained in our culture now. It's, it is, you know, if we have generational trauma, which they're figuring out, like uh, it's going to be a few generations before, if we don't do anything else before this, you know, writes itself. Right. So, so um, yeah. And I think, I think also we are so cerebral um, and getting more so that that's one thing with this pandemic. Um, We are, we are as a people less in our bodies because of the pandemic, because we're connecting on screens Mm -hmm. instead of in person, we are sitting more um, instead of moving. And it is bringing all of us up here instead of down here. And so um, the little bit of headway, I feel like we were, we were getting like, we were starting to gain traction and now it's, we've slid back a few steps, but just like with conditioning, you know, once you've done it once, it's easier to get there again. Um, so I think, I think we'll get there, but, but it, it, it's work. It's work to go against that grain. It's work to hold on to your self-worth when the people around you are challenged or threatened by you. And so want to put you back in a little container that was better for them for you to be in, you know, it takes a yeah. lot of, energy it does and yeah everything that's been going on in society you know speaking we've been talking about societal conditioning and Mm -hmm. it it plays a role too and you know the weather is going to be changing here very shortly and you know another aspect for me has you know is connecting with your body and also connecting with nature you know there's people that are like afraid to go outside right and then there's this, there's also this reminder of going outside and you have to like put this mask on and do all this stuff. And that, that's a whole nother conversation of like how you have these other, these things externally that are constantly going against like your intuition, 
and and what we what we're designed to to do and how we're designed to connect and so having these types of conversations and having having spaces and um having an environment that really encourages and and challenges and um just creates opportunity to explore who you are and your connection to self is so important it, it's so important because it's, you know, there's always going to be something that's going, that, that's going against, like, <laughs> that's creating this resistance. And, and, and it's, and just know that I think the biggest thing here is knowing that there is always an opportunity. There's an opportunity to go a different way. Tune into well, what feels good in, in your body. Um, one of the things that uh, has come up in the last week or so within my yoga study and teaching is the idea of ease um, that, that that's the goal, right? Like in any posture, in any meditation, in any breathing exercise, ease is what we're looking for. Right. And to an extent when you're in that like huddled space, watching Netflix, there's probably, even though you're relaxed, there's probably not ease there. Right. Whereas when you are like up and lifted and long, there's a sense of ease. It's just like, oh, everything, all of my pieces and parts are where they want to be and everything's fine. I'm at, you know, I'm at ease right now. And um, this is still an emerging idea for me, but the, the, the idea that there's also the toxic positivity, right. And the toxic happiness and, it's not that everything's sunshine and roses, and I'm not saying that uh, what we what we um, encourage folks towards is everything's great all the time. I love every part of my body. I think I'm awesome 24/7. I'm great. That's not ease either, right? That's not going right. to feel true. It's not going to feel comfortable. We want that place of, huh? Okay, you know. I, I could do better at math, you know, that's not, that's not my special skill yet, but, but I, that's okay. I do a lot of things that I'm pretty good at. That's cool. You know, like even that is a lot easier to say. It's a lot more comfortable and, and encouraging that in ourselves and our physical self and in our mental self um, and emotional self is, is a more realistic expectation than that. Like, just put a smile on it. You know, everything's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very not the like, Hey, let's smile at everything. I think, you know, having the, the realistic expectation. And I talk about that a lot. It's like, let's, it, it's okay to look at the things that you don't like and that you do like, and that you are good at and that you're not good at. And, and it's, it's not about, it's just an observation. It's like, this is just, this is what it is. And, and just to be like that's where it is. You you you're not you're not solely identified by your likes and dislikes. You know you're so much more than that, <laughs> and what right. you're good at or not good at. Like that's not all of who you are, right. and it's it circles back. <laughs> no fun intended. <laughs> that was so corny, but I had to do it. It circles back <laughs> to um, personal empowerment, right? And when you have 
a better understanding. And it's, it's a lifelong process. It's a, it's a lifelong journey. Um, but the more you have that connection, it's like, yeah, like, I don't like this, or I'm not that great at this, but that's okay. Like, because I'm, I know who I am, or I'm learning who I am. I'm always learning who I am. And I think that's the other thing. It doesn't, personal empowerment doesn't stop. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't end. There's not a cap to it. It's not like, oh, okay, I did this six-week program and I am personally empowered and now I can move on about my day and I'm right. good for life. No. Right. I mean, some of the tools stay with you, right? So you could learn a tool and hold on to it. Um, and that that can that can be a I have this tool and I am done. But I absolutely agree that that the change is constant, partly because growth doesn't stop. And then also, and I and I keep I keep coming back to this, but those messages of the opposite don't stop. Yeah, so true. Right. So you know, we talk about that at Hip Circle. Like you come to class, and in inside Hip Circle, in now inside your little screen, it's it's you're gonna have this experience, right? Everybody who comes, you learn how to adjust your language. You learn how to, you know think positively of yourself and support your, your classmates, whatever, like that's happening in our space, but then you leave, right. And you go out into the world, you go to the grocery store and you see the ads on the magazines or whatever, and you interact with people who treat you a certain way because of whatever. And, and you get like chipped down by those things. And then you come back to class and you go, okay, all right, all right, I'm a little, I'm a little bit stronger, I'm a little, I'm ready, and you go out again, and you get chipped down, and so it's, you know, it's a gradual thing, and you're learning those tools that are going to make it so that when that person at the grocery store treats you in a certain way the third time, you, you're maybe going to respond differently, and then come out of it feeling differently, so you are gaining that by being in the space and being in the community. Um, but until we take over like a deserted island and make it hip circle island where, you know, everybody is completely uh, on board with this removal of diet culture and then we wouldn't be able to have any media on the island. And we, you know, we could have books, but only, that some, you know what I mean? Like there's the- Take me to this island. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but it's the the messaging is um, is relentless, and so we need we need to be constantly working on ourselves in order to withstand that pressure. That flow absolutely of pressure. love that. Well, it has truly been a pleasure to connect with you today. I would love for you to share how people can connect with you. Um, I did mention that you are local um, for those that are in Chicago or Evanston or in the Chicagoland area, but you are virtual as well. So for anybody that might be interested in connecting with you and your programs, could you share more about that? Sure. So the easiest one-stop uh, option is to go to our website, which is hipcircle.org. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. So, um, we, on that website, we have our schedule, we have our blog, so you can see some of our, our thinkings. Um, we have links to whatever our current initiative is. 
as of right now, and I'm super excited. We just announced yesterday through the month of August, uh, 2021, for case you listen to this in 2025 or something, um, we are pay what you can, meaning all of our classes range in price from as little as starting as a dollar. Uh, you can come to class. Our goal is to make everything that we do fully accessible. And um, so whatever our current initiative you'll find on our website, we are pretty active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Hip Circle EC is our Instagram handle. And uh, I think that's actually our Facebook handle as well. And um, we are in the process right now of publishing our first ever anthology of women's voices. And that will come out. I know I'm so excited. Uh, that will come out in June uh, with our 11th anniversary. It's June 1st. So we're publishing it in June. We're accepting submissions through the end of March. So that might have happened already by the time you listen to this, but um, you can uh, order the book and support the project that way. And we are always, always, always open to donations because that is what makes it so we can do this work in a way that dollars aren't a barrier to women um, accessing this space, this, this, this way of thinking and being. Um, the other thing is that we, if you are interested in bringing this style of work into your uh, spaces, we have a teacher training program. Um, and that is appropriate for fitness professionals. Or if you are someone who's always wanted to get into teaching dance and fitness and didn't want to get into the grind of the, the culture of dance and fitness instruction, this is a way to, to do it in this way, this empowering, empowering way um, instead. So those are the things we've got cooking right now. I am excited about all the things that are coming up and just the things that you're doing in general. I am have just really enjoyed this conversation and I am really looking forward to continuing to support the work that you are doing. And um, I look forward to having you back on the podcast somewhere later on down the line as other things start to uh, hopefully when this pandemic thing is over <laughs> and we can, um, you know, um, check out the place I could be there in person. That would be amazing. Um, it has truly been a pleasure and thank you for connecting with me. I will be sure to link all of the information to connect with Malik and hip circle in the description below. So you can definitely see all the links there and definitely check her out and everything that she has been doing because it is amazing. Thank it has you. been a pleasure to connect with you. Any final words before we conclude? Um, just that we are going to keep shouting all of this stuff from the rooftops and the more voices that are, that are doing that, the better out in the world, in your spaces, wherever you are. Um, and I super appreciate you having me on and getting to talk about this stuff. I could talk about it literally forever. So um, I would love to come back <laughs> and continue the conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much, Malik. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to connect with me on all the social media platforms, YouTube at Ujo Wajet, Instagram at Fit Body Fit Spirit. 
and Facebook at Ujawajet. And you can also connect with me on my website, ujawajet.com. All the links for everything that we've talked about today and the ways to get in contact with myself and with Malik and to tune into Hip Circle and all of the programs that are available will be linked in the description. And I will see you all on the next one.